0: Welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast, your weekly guide to solid Christian thinking on culture, science, faith, and Christian confidence, hosted by Tom Gilson. Why were the Gospels written? Boy, you wouldn't believe the theories on that. We're going to look at some answers today. This is the opening of a new series, a new approach to this podcast that I'm taking, where I'm going to be looking with you, and we're going to be exploring together the greatness, the consistency, the uniqueness of Jesus as we see him in the Gospels. This is all in line with the book that I wrote called Too Good to be False, How Jesus' Incomparable Character Reveals His Reality. And what I learned while I was researching, studying, and writing that book is wow, there's still stuff we can learn about Jesus that'll surprise us, that maybe we've been too used to Jesus, we've taken him for granted, that there's still new material, new ways to discover how great he is, and how that gives us confidence that he really is for real. We're going to start today in the first paragraph, the first four verses of the book of Luke. And this is in the English Standard Version. Luke writes, So here we begin this exploration of Jesus in the Gospels, but we don't have Jesus in this paragraph yet. We have, we have the Gospel. And the question is, why did they write the Gospels? Why did Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John write them down? Now, for those of us who are believers, that might come across as kind of a, a why did he ask that question? We know why they wrote the Gospels. John says it at the end of his Gospel in chapter 20, verse 30 and following. He says, basically, he says, I didn't write down everything here that Jesus did, but these things I have written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. And this is kind of an everybody knows that answer, isn't it? Well, it is among those of us who are believers, but that's not a universal answer. The skeptics will give you a completely different answer to the question of why did they write the Gospels. And it's actually fascinating, and it's worth knowing, if nothing else, so that you can know how to answer it. So here's what they say, and I'm going to compress this, and this isn't every skeptic, and not what you would call a totally fair treatment, because I'm summarizing it in such a short amount of time. So, Give me grace on that. But here's the skeptic's answer to why did they write the Gospels? It starts with a real person named Jesus who had some real followers. And they thought that he was going to be their deliverer, but he died. Well, they'd invested everything in him. And what we know from psychology, this part's real, by the way, what we know from psychology is sometimes when you get yourself so invested in something that turns out to be false, you'll find a way to make it true after all. They call it cognitive dissonance reduction theory. And it starts by inventing some kind of a new reality that makes everything true and good again. In, in this case, it would have been that the disciples invented a resurrection, that Jesus wasn't dead after all, that he was still there to lead them toward the deliverance that they wanted. Now, in this theory, too, it said that people will, will want to reinforce their new beliefs by getting other people on board with it to help support them. And, and, and so the disciples would have gone out and they would have proselytized so that they could have other people believing in this resurrection along with them. And boy, it worked. My goodness, it worked. It spread all over the Roman Empire. Except the process that skeptics propose is one that changes, actually corrupts and distorts everything. Because they're talking about oral transmission where things change and change and change at each step along the way. Bart Ehrman, one of the leading proponents of this theory, calls it the telephone game. And he says, the stories change. Well, I say that's too weak a word. They would get absolutely corrupted. And, and that's their theory, is that what we have in the Gospels is the corrupted result of a corrupting process. As we go through this series, and as you read the book, I hope you do, Too Good to Be False, we'll look at how <laughs> how corrupt it isn't. And that is, the, the, the corruption the distortion, the changes that should be evident in the Gospels, if their theory is true, well, they're just not there. But back to the question, why did they write the Gospels? Here's what Luke says. He's writing to Theophilus. We don't know who Theophilus was, except for he was, quote, most excellent. He must have had some kind of position of honor, probably in government. It might have been a pseudonym, though. Uh, Theophilus is a Greek word that means lover of God. It might have been not his real name, but a, a title or, 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 as I said, a pseudonym. But what he said in the last verse of what I read to you earlier, verse 4, he says, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Now, where's this certainty going to come from? Luke recognizes that a lot of people have undertaken to compile a narrative. We've only got four left of those. Luke's is one of them. But many had undertaken to compile a narrative of what had been accomplished or fulfilled among them. And it started with eyewitnesses and ministers of the gospel, people who were there to see it happen. And they delivered. He used an interesting word there, a technical word actually, that means something like very carefully handed down officially handed down, perhaps even, in a sense, so that we were very certain that it was handed down accurately. Well, Luke has been following all these things closely, and he's been checking into it, and he wanted to write an orderly account. Why? So that Theophilus could know for sure. That's what this gospel is about what's about jesus of course it's about jesus but it's about knowing for sure about jesus so that you can have certainty concerning the things theophilus that you have been taught and so that we by extension can have certainty concerning the things that we have been taught well of course the skeptics are challenging that how can we really be certain of this certainty That's part of the exploration that we're going to continue as we go through this series. I'm launching into it looking forward to this discovery with you of Jesus in the Gospels, how he's so consistent, so unique, and so good that we can fall more in love with him and we can follow him no matter what, and so we can be sure that he is indeed too good to be false. For the Thinking Christian Podcast, I'm Tom Gilson. I look forward to continuing this with you. Thanks for listening. The Thinking Christian podcast is copyrighted by Thomas Gilson. For more information, visit the Thinking Christian blog at thinkingchristian.net.